Well, the San Francisco 49ers again almost got to the promised land. And now the big question is, does head coach Kyle Shanahan do more for his offensive assistants than he does for his players? You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, football fans, and welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL. We are your host, Tony Wiggins, at Shop Talking Wig on your favorite social media. Myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola. On today's episode of Locked On NFL, breaking down all the biggest stories from around the National Football League, we're going to be taking a look and giving you the primer to make sure that you're ready to survive the offseason. It's smokescreen season. We're going to give you everything you need to know to make sure you're following the right trends as you go through pulling at the right threads we're gonna take a look at the coaching staff hires that have consistently gone away from the san francisco 49ers is shanahan's tree actually hurting san francisco and to kick us all off we're gonna take a look at those coaching hires is kyle shanahan actually doing a better job for his offensive assistance these days than he is for his players you're gonna break it all down on today's episode of locked on nfl we appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day every day and for being an every day or here on the locked on podcast network your team every day so tony look I think there's a big argument to be had here. You know, you got a guy that's able to put out all these coaches and you got his coaching tree all over the place. You play the Kyle Shanahan offense all over the place. Everybody wants their hands in it, but he don't know the offense. He don't know the overtime rules in the yeah. Super Bowl. The biggest, the biggest thing. So, it, you know, is it fair to say that Kyle Shanahan to an extent does more for coaches than he ends up doing for his players coming up short in the Super Bowl twice? I would think so. And, and I mm -hmm. think because he can't get out of his own way. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is, I believe it was Bill Parcells that said something like this, right? I don't, I'm going to paraphrase my thoughts here, but he said, I can get you to halftime of the NFC championship game. Mm. Those last six quarters, it's on you, mm. you know? And I think with Kyle, everything, he has to control everything. Thus the timeout with the defense that he yes. didn't like. And I just really believe that he believes that he's going to dial up this magic play and I applaud him for taking accountability and wanting to do everything in his power to get his team across the hump. But I think one thing he needs to realize is your work is done, dog. It ain't on you no more. You know what I'm saying? And you're being counterintuitive to, to the situation. Whenever you take the responsibility too far, you become a control freak. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And 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 you can actually do more harm than good. It's like me trying to control my 28-year-old son right now. That's, no, yeah, I'm good gonna, luck. I'm going to stump luck. him. Yeah, so, <laughs> so my thing is you got to let people go. And it's funny, though, that you brought that up because go back to the, the, the video that we're all seeing on social media of the coin toss mm -hmm. and Patrick Mahomes going. They want it. They want it. And then yeah, going yeah. over and saying, and Chris Jones saying, Oh, no, we practiced that. We were going for two. If they scored a touchdown first, we were going to go for two. The yep. fact that all of them knew that stuff. And then on the other side, you, you, Kyle Uzik, I think that's how you say his name. He's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivy Leaguer, right? He's a, yeah. like a smart dude. He's a, I ain't, we didn't even know that. I mean, yep. to have that, it tells you that at some point, one side, they covered everything mm -hmm. before the game. So in the game, Mahomes could go. Like, I can't believe they did that. And then he goes to tell Reed, I can't believe they did that because blah, blah, blah. Whereas the other guy, they didn't know the rules. You know why? Yep. 
Because Daddy Kyle's going to do everything for you. Oh, he'll pay your light bill. Don't worry about it. You don't have to have a job. I got it. It's going to all be on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, you, and you, you spoil your kids, and guess what happens? You're the one that ends up rotting. And I think that's what's coming up, man. He doesn't trust other people. He doesn't delegate enough authority. And it, I think he believes he's a genius. And he really is. But guess yeah. what? You're hurting those subordinates. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I think to an extent, like, like nobody, like, we're, let me be clear. We're not, Tony and I ain't sitting here saying that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's a bad coach. Like, we, we know the situation here, but we, we got to remember that sometimes, like, coaching isn't just about the plays you call. It's everything that you do Monday through su- Saturday and Sunday morning to get somebody ready for Sunday afternoon, to get somebody ready for Sunday night, to Monday through Sunday to get them ready for Monday, whatever it is. All of those things that have to happen that we don't see, right, from outside the facility that fans don't get access to and all those other things, all of those things are just as important as the play that you call on Sunday. The thing that I've always loved, and it was a, a recent um, uh, uh, member of the uh, uh, New Orleans Saints coaching staff that I was talking to about this, the play caller title, that's what? I think you and I talked about this too one time, right? It's like 30 minutes. 30 minutes of your yay, right? Like that's all that it is. And then outside of that, everything else is what you're doing to get to get ready and everything. And so like you got to be able to go over things like situational um situational play calling in case in the case of overtime, in the case of uh third downs, red zone, 2 minute drill, uh uh, uh, you know, behind for two minutes, four minute offense when you're trying to nurse lead. Like you got to be ready for everybody's got to be on the same page. It's not just what one person's decision does. And when it becomes about one person's decision, nobody can, nobody can save each other, right? When it's 11 people on the field that are making the decision to, to build Parcells credit of those last six quarters, as you mentioned, after halftime of the, the, in his case, NFC championship game, you got 11 dudes that have each other's back. One person messes up, somebody else can pick up the slack. But once it becomes about one person, if that one person falls off, that's it. It's curtains. Like look at Brandon Staley in the Los Angeles Chargers if you need a bet, if you need an example for that, right? When it all becomes about one person, nobody's able to pick up the slack, nobody's able to have your back, nobody's able to cover for you. And I think there's too much of this Kyle Shanahan ness in that offense that is too Kyle Shanahan centric and not necessarily team centric to where they're able to have each other's back like that. Like that's one of my biggest glaring concerns about the San Francisco 49ers that like once they get over that hump and once he realizes, oh, yo, de- de- delegation is a part of my leadership, then he might not be able to be stopped, man. Like he's that close. You know what I mean? Right. But to your credit, with you um, coming up with what you said at the very beginning, the coaches and we're going to obviously segue this into the next segment. Mm-hmm. The, the coaches are getting rich. The play, You know, some of the players are, too, but the coaches are getting rich. They're going on. I can't I can't I, I, I run out of fingers when I try to name all the 49 <laughs> coaches that got head coaching jobs. Right. So I love coaching trees. I think it's great. I think Bill Walsh's coaching tree is great. Uh, Bill Parcells' coaching tree ain't that good, you know, if you think about his coordinators. But I will tell you this, what those guys all have in common that Kyle doesn't have, their coaching tree was broken up once they started winning titles. They ain't won nothing yet, man. He has won zero. So I, I, I do believe that this is where coaches go to get head jobs, but not necessarily players go to win championships. And I yeah. think it should be the other way around because if the yeah. players win a championship, the coach is going to get the job anyway. 
Yeah, that's a really, really good point, right? Like it's, it, it's become a coach development system more than it's become a player development system, all the way down to the points where like, hey, look, look at the way that they invest invest that quarterback, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the NFL draft, all that. Thankfully, that worked out for them, but they're not going out there trying to land the big fish. They're not going that, you know, the the franchise quarterback route. i tell you what can also be a little bit of a hindrance. I, I remember Sean Kemp came out of high school with, he was a McDonald's All-American with my, one of my best friends who came a year after me in 1988. Mm-hmm. From Elkhart, Indiana, marvelous talent, right? They asked Bobby Knight why he didn't offer him a scholarship. He said, I can't teach him anything. Mm. So there's some yeah. people that would prefer to have the underachiever, have that guy, because that guy's going to run his system, right? It's easy to say now that Kyle Shanahan would love to have Patrick Mahomes. Would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes if he played in that system? Never know. Would he be allowed to do all yeah. that improvisation and all of that spinning around and it looks like he's square dancing and dosy do and throwing the ball without <laughs> looking? And all would would the, sometimes the system you can be too systematic and sometimes yeah. it doesn't leave room. And in the NFL, they are gladiators. You have to leave room for special people to be special. And I don't know if he does it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now I'm going to ask the burning question that everybody's wondering. You came out a year before Sean Kemp, you said? Yes. Were you also McDonald's all American? I was not. I was a McDonald's all American and some other stuff, but it was not uh sports. I was a ladies man. Uh, I was a block I was a blo- I was I was a miniature block runner. Uh let's just say this. Uh had it not been for a police officer knowing my auntie and my grandmama, uh I might have been an episode of the I might have been on an episode of The Wire back in the day. So I oh, was there, right? there, there you go. go. So you know I got Uncle Sam straightened me all up and made me a nice citizen. So I'm <laughs> There you go. I was going to say, I was a McDonald's All-American in that I could eat several Big Macs. Coming up next, we're going to take a look further at the coaching tree for the San Francisco 49ers. Is the fact that coaches keep leaving a part of the 49ers uh, issue when it comes to coming up short? We're going to be breaking that down as we continue on with today's very fun episode of Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked in NFL is brought to you by our friends over at DoorDash. And look, ah, the Super Bowl comes around. Everybody talks about the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to talk about the commercials and everything like that or the halftime show. But I'll tell you what, the DoorDash commercial, Tony, was the one that caught my eye. They delivered in DoorDash a whole bunch of stuff from all the different ads to one lucky winner that came down to cars, snacks, even tax software. And somehow they pulled it all off. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a little salty that I didn't win. All right. They didn't bring it to me. But I got to hand it to him. That was one heck of a delivery. So whatever watch party or anything party that you have coming up, you know how it goes. It's time now for it's winter. You don't want to go outside. It's cold. It's all on the way, all that kind of stuff. Get everything that you need sent directly to your home, not just restaurants, but grocery, pet supplies, flowers, gifts, whatever it is you get. You need a late. Did you miss Valentine's Day? DoorDash has you, and they're not going to rat you out either. They're not going to snitch on you. So go and check them out. Football season might be over, but basketball season's well on the way and so much more. So make sure you're checking out DoorDash today. DoorDash, your door to more. Head over to the DoorDash app and get everything that you need delivered today. 
All right, y'all, continuing on with this episode of Locked On NFL. Don't forget to also go and check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 national sports media stream, the first of its kind on YouTube. Be a part of history. You can subscribe over on YouTube today. That's Locked On Sports Today. All the local experts, national experts like Tony and I breaking down all of the different leagues. We got it all for you over at Locked On Sports Today. Go and check them out. All right, so, Tony, we were discussing the – yeah, we talked a little bit about the the like the San Francisco 49ers kind of becoming this place where coaches go to get jobs, right? So it feels like to me that that can sometimes be a hindrance, not only to like the continuity of creating a system, developing players and things like that, but that might be a hindrance to the 49ers ability to find consistent success as well. We're seeing a situation now. Somebody might disagree because they say, well, they're in a hunt every single year. Uh, they literally just fired a coach yesterday, right? <laughs> Steve Wilkes. Oh my! Who, who I think is one of the real good coaches in the league, but there's a philosophical differences a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that means that you can't go out and get an established guy already, right? So their right. thing is to just keep promoting from within. Uh, there was a poll on the local radio station. Yeah, I, I didn't call in. I don't be calling the radio shows, but uh, <laughs> they were like, they were like, uh, who who's the next hot coach? Who's the next hot coach? Like all the jobs are filled mm. this year. Who's the hot guy? And in my mind, I was thinking, whoever the 49ers name as offensive quality control assistant, that's the next hot guy. I don't know who the hell it is, but whoever he is, he looks like a fighter pilot. He wears a, a sun visor and uh, we'll just call him Hartwell uh, Washington, whatever. You you just make up a name, right? Just there like you on a video game. Like that's who it is. That's the next hot guy. What are you talking about? The next hot guy is the not yet hired quality control uh offensive guy for the 49ers he might be in college somewhere right now a dude might be selling insurance i don't know who it is but that is what's going on man and i think it does them a disservice because of continuity and you can't tell me that whether it's robert sala what about the job D'Amico ryan's did this year so you tell me with D'Amico ryan's being who he is and steve wilkes being who he is and ryan's being uh more understanding of the 49er way can't tell me that there was no difference. Like they went to the no. Super Bowl, dude, and they were like a, a missed extra point away from winning the game. What if they had the guy from like? What if Mike McDaniel was still there? Do you think? Man. Do you think all of those minds yeah, could man. come together and come up with one play to win that game the other day? They probably could, Ross. The thing is, is is it's, it's good for the coaches, and this taps back into what you're saying. It's good for the coaches to get these jobs, and it's good for the 49ers to be considered the farm system for coaches in the National Football League. It's bad for the organization and bad for the fans, though, because mm-hmm. they ain't won nothing yet. Everybody right. that has this big coaching tree, whether it's Bill Walsh or I'm going to say Belichick, but them dudes ain't won nothing without him either. But uh, all of these guys, you can cons- if you want to consider Tom Coughlin, you know, well, not really because he was assistant with Belichick. But, yeah, they haven't won anything. They haven't mm-hmm. won a thing, man. And you look around and all of these guys. Now, I know people will say McVay. They were mm-hmm. both together under the under the daddy. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. So yeah. so so my point is at some point somebody has to win something. When everybody talking about all these, like they talk about the offense, the RPOs and this, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing that anymore. Uh they're saying you can build a team in college through the transfer portal and they can play in a championship. I don't want to talk about no playing in no championship. I want to say the teams that keep winning championships are the teams that are recruiting players, not going out right. in the portal and getting guys. So mm-hmm. until something wins. That's when we need to start pulling stuff from it. But everybody's in a rush to be a copycat and everybody's in a rush to be the to get the next hot thing before it even exists. And I think that that's a problem and it's a problematic. And I think the 49ers are victims of that more than anything. 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at. I mean, you know, we talk about sometimes, you know, oh, the amount of offensive coordinators this quarterback has had to play with over the course of X amount of years and things like that. And, you know, that makes it really tough to be able to grasp a concept and everything. And, and, and I get it. Like, no matter what, Kyle Shanahan is your head coach, pl offensive play caller, all those things. But we can't diminish the role of your run game coordinator, your passing game coordinator, all those things, your offensive assistant, all that, that end up coming in, or your senior offensive assistant, that end up coming in and helping you. Again, Monday through Saturday, they're the guys that are – or let's say Tuesday through Saturday, they're the guys that are out there. Monday's recovery day. But those are the, they're, they're out there trying to help you install, um, architect, teach – uh, teach the principles of, establish the tenets of the offense and all those things. Translate to new players, new talent. Uh, you know, the guy that's got to come up from the practice squad because your starter's hurt or whatever. Like, that's still really important. And when you're consistently cycling these guys out, your passing game coordinator knowing that that role is important for San Francisco, that becomes really detrimental to the ability to consistently develop talent in a system. How is it being taught changes once Mike McDaniel's gone and, you know, uh, Chris Forrester's in and then Chris Forrester's, you know, and that Chris Forrester's not gone, but, you know, and then, you know, Clint Kubiak's there and X, Y, and Z. Like you have all these guys that end up going all over the place, uh, Matt LaFleur, all this other stuff. Like that makes it really tough because you're teaching it differently every single time once you get that new and make no mistake about it. When a new person is teaching it, it's being taught differently. It's not. It's not one to one across the board. And and you mentioned McVeigh. The same can be said about the Los Angeles Rams. Zach Robinson, he heads somewhere. Jake Peets, their offensive or the pass game specialist, he heads elsewhere. But you know what McVeigh did? He got the ring. Yep. He got the ring on the way, and that's when you start seeing. And and look, you saw it beforehand. I get it. Wide zone ran all across the NFL. It wasn't just McVay. It wasn't just Shanahan. We saw it from other folks as well. But they're the ones that sort of popularized it with the that what was that the 2013 Washington coaching staff that yes. really just kind of like took off all over the place and everything. Mike McDaniel, Raheem Morris, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan were all a part of that. Like. McVeigh won, man. And like, that's the big thing. So I wonder how much of this consistent staff changeover of this guy getting hired, this guy getting hired, the entire NFL has changed over its offensive coordinators in the last two years. Not a single team hasn't changed its offensive coordinator in the last two years. And then you right. think about where are all of those teams getting their coordinators from probably that tree. So how detrimental is that to San Francisco? I think it's super detrimental. You think about it. They played the the Chiefs, was it, four or five years ago in the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Look at the coaching rosters. Yeah. Just look at them. Yep. One of them's the same almost. <laughs> and even if it wasn't the same, it was somebody who's been there before, like Matt Nagy. I don't even know if he was there at the time. He's back. Right. right? You don't have the enemy, but you got Nagy. Uh, Spags is still there, isn't he? Now, mm -hmm. go look at the other side. The last time they played the Super Bowl, I think Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator. The guy right. that replaced then, them ain't even there anymore. Right. <laughs> so, but but then yeah, here, here comes. That's why I referred to them. Somebody asked me in the barbershop the other day. They said, "Who's gonna win the Who's gonna win the game?" And I started doing this little two step, right? And they was like, "What's that?" I said, "If you ask me, who the best R and B group ever?" I said, "The Temptations," because they've been doing this for seventy years. Because they kept and, it together. They, right. they, they, yep, and it ain't <laughs> even all the same people, but they all kept overlapping, and they're just <laughs> consistent, and they're doo wopping, and every now and then they'll spin. But guess what? The Forty Nine ers ain't that. The Forty Nine ers are like making the band on MTV. It's like 
You got one dude that's the same. They don't have the same quarterback. They don't have the same running back. They, I'm telling you, dude. And the so, studio keeps getting shut down. Like, yeah, dang. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> and, and, and so before, and Ross, you said this. We're not saying it's bad. How, how can you be no. bad when you've been one of the best teams in the league for like five straight years? Yeah. The difference is, though, they've come close twice. Yep. And in each game, you can point to three or four plays where you said, God, I wish they could take that back. Mm -hmm. You don't think all of those coaches comes up with those one or two plays? I think if they keep talk, keep the whole staff together, they might blow somebody out in the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. If they still if they had, had all of those people. Right. I just think that there's a hump that they have to get over. And one of the things that has created that hump that they have to get over is the consistent staff turnover and being almost too good at identifying and developing coaching talent. I think Absolutely. that's it's become sometimes too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. And you're exactly, uh, you're exactly right, brother. And yes, then what and it leads to, it leads to a lack of accountability. It always leads yep. to finger pointing. Bosa said we weren't prepared. Last year it was our quarterback got hurt. This year it's fire Steve Wilkes. I and maybe they've said it. I haven't heard one player say we just weren't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And whoever does say that flowers to you mm -hmm. all right coming up next we're gonna get you ready to survive the off season there's a lot of stuff flying around reports all that how do you disseminate between what is real and what is public negotiation we're gonna be breaking that down and much more as we wrap up today's episode of locked on nfl part of locked on podcast network your team every day In today's episode of Locked NFL brought to you by our friends over at Nissan. If you're somebody that loves to make things even bigger, take them a little bit further, get that adventure going, you always want to know what's right around the corner, Nissan has a fantastic lineup of SUVs to help you take your adventure to the next level. Let's start off with uh, the Nissan Rogue. I would call the Nissan Rogue, Tony, the Christian McCaffrey of this <laughs> SUV lineup. Versatile mid-size crossover you feel me uh good for the city streets as well as great for the great escapes i think i've heard that about christian mccaffrey before 12.3 inch hd touchscreen infotainment systems all right you're not getting that on christian mccaffrey but you are getting that in the Nissan Rogue 2024. So make sure you go check that out. Or maybe you want the offensive lineman. You want the reliable piece that's going to get you from one place to the other. Then maybe check out the Nissan Armada. Uh, it's going to change everything that you expect from a full-size SUV. Rugged 4x4. Can seat up to 8 with first-class luxury style. Doesn't get any better than that. Bigger and better uh, for exploring in the future as well as towing as well. It's awesome. So make sure you go and check them out. The Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada to get your next big adventure underway shop today at nissanusa.com all right y'all let's get it we're wrapping up this very exciting very fun friday episode of locked on nfl thank you very much for being here with us don't forget we are your team every day so we'll be back here on monday kevin ostracker on monday bringing you all the biggest stories from around the nfl and don't forget you always have your favorite local NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, or a college team here represented on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. So come and check us out. All right, Tony, mm -hmm. this is this is this is part of what probably one of my favorite parts of the offseason between the senior bowl and the combine. And then it gets even better after the combine when the reports start flying. You start seeing the public negotiations, the little chess moves and things like that. What's maybe one of the first things that you would tell a fan? about how to survive all of the off-season barrage of news? Uh, since we have social media now and we have Google, 
<laughs> go back over the last three or four years and find out who said some of the most unreal stuff that did not happen. Yeah. And uh just don't really pay them any attention. Yeah. If people won't, if people won't stand on what they said, by the way, there's a whole there's a video out right now. Oh, Stephen A, Shannon Sharp, everybody talking about how dumb the Patrick Mahomes pick was. Well, it's funny as hell now because yeah. ain't nobody gonna own up to that, right? I probably said <laughs> one or two things about him back in the day, but it ain't on video <laughs> and it ain't on Google, right? So so so, so my thing is I, we did a in the newspaper way back like 2010. They called in some people to pick the draft. Mm -hmm. I got eight right out of 32. And yep. that includes hitting the last three. In and that's row. good. Yes. That's good. Because once you get one wrong, you got two wrong. I want you to know that. Because, <laughs> yep. because whoever you said that that team is going to get, they take somebody else. Well, that guy's on somebody. You put that guy on somebody else's team. It is very, very hard to get this stuff right. So stop, get, stop getting angry at mock drafts, especially mock drafts that happen before free agency. Listen. Nobody's board is set. OK, yes. if somebody comes and says, uh, yeah, I heard this guy's number one on this team's board. One, they're a liar. OK, because <laughs> the board isn't set Two, right. I'm helping you now. I'm going to set you free Two, if there's a team out there, and especially if it's your favorite team and somebody's saying, I know what's on their board. You need to go over there and uh, take uh, 100 of your friends and tell them you need to fire the GM because he, he's letting out OPSEC, Operation Security. It's information <laughs> that nobody should know. Um Nobody knows anything. What I try to do is the tendencies of these teams over the years that way. That's the way I go. And then the NFL way. There's no way none of us know right now who anybody's going to sign in free agency. There's nope. no. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen because it's all entertainment. Mm -hmm. But just don't get into fights on social media. I, I saw where, uh, the other day where somebody, they, they started threatening each other. And the dude was like, how far are you? 60 miles. We can meet halfway and fight it out. I'm Chill like, out, man. <laughs> eight years old, y'all fighting over something that ain't even real right now. And, yeah, and there's only 32 people's picks that count. And those are the GMs that are making the choices. And just set yeah. your, just set yourself free. I don't even do mock drafts until after free agency. I don't because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why would the Jaguars draft Jackson Powers Johnson uh, if they sign Lloyd Cushenberry to a five-year deal? doing it so my thing is man just chill this is this is this is the time of year where we all benefit from the fact that we're talking about these hot issues but just relax pipe down a little bit nobody knows anything no one yeah. except yeah. what we about, know independently right i i think about mock drafts because i look i got a mock draft coming out over at st Sue's network tomorrow fight me i don't care what you're gonna do call the cops no you nah, ain't going to yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I look at it is like when I do a mock draft and when other people do mock drafts, the way that I look at mock drafts are exploring scenarios. If mm -hmm. this scenario were to happen, here is a prospect that could make sense. It's about introducing the audience to 32 first round prospects, or if you're doing like a seven round mock draft, seven to, you know, however many, if you're the, if you're the Chicago bears, it's 83 draft picks, whatever. Like if you're, if you're doing that, it, it, it's about, operating a scenario and introducing people to concept scenarios, um, introducing people to prospects, things like that. The thing that I always love is when we do these mock drafts in February, right? And I get that message, that player ain't going to be there at 14. That's the one that always, that's when it always gets me. Cause let me, let me tell you this. The one thing that we're supposed to know right now, the one thing, is the draft order. 
mm-hmm. you know what we don't know right now? The draft order. Because, because of trades. You have no idea what's about to happen. That's one of my right. favorites. The New Orleans Saints pick 14. I'll go out there. I'll do a mock draft, things like that. And then they'll, you know, we'll, we'll go through. And you know, I don't do any trades or anything this early because it's foolish to project trades right now because, like you mentioned, free agency drives those needs, drives that value, all that other stuff. And sometimes players get traded, which creates a new need. Hello, um, Tennessee Titans, right? Trading away A.J. Brown to draft Traylon Burks. That went well. And so, like, you look at those types of things. And, and you kind of go, well, hold up, though. Like, we don't actually know who's picking one. <laughs> not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Not all that. We don't know who's picking one right now. Right. We have an idea. But that's always my big thing with the mock drafts and stuff like that is accept the scenario, but don't worry so much about whether or not it's accurate. Because I promise you one thing, one no. thing, it's not. No. It's not at all. And it's then not. my other my other favorite part about this time of the season too, Tony, is the public negotiations mm-hmm. that will take place through media and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so sometimes you'll see the little smoke screens. Oh, you know, the Chicago Bears are leaning towards this or the Chicago Bears have a lot of respect for blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the big one was uh watch it right now right now the Washington commanders just hired cliff kingsbury so clearly they're all in on uh caleb williams but yet their owner is up there telling you trust the process yeah man. trust the process and so those two things would be counterintuitive to one another trust the process says be patient while trading from two to one to go and get caleb williams is hurry 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 panic 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 go get the first guy you can those two things don't make sense to me they don't make sense. I'm a big board guy. I'm a real big, a big board guy. So I, I do these podcasts and you you and David, y'all always told us and, and, and Allie, everybody, is that you never know who's listening, right? Mm-hmm. And uh one day they mentioned my podcast. When we played the Saints, they mentioned my podcast on on uh the NFL network, right? So the thing is for me is I do big boards because you want to see it gives you an idea where the talent is because there's a lot of people that treat the nfl draft a lot of real good organizations they treat the nfl draft like high school recruiting they don't do it they don't they're not worried about building their team for next year their team's already good they're just getting the best player they can and they're just gonna let it work work itself out we'll even we don't even care if he plays this year right but we think he probably can but we don't even care we're just gonna take the best and usually the best players in the first round will play because they're so good but the point that i'm making is if you think if your team has a quarterback you're you're a candidate to move down because they aren't desperate. They're not mm-hmm. desperate. They got a quarterback. So if you have multiple needs, how far down can we go and how much extra capital can we get? And we'll be in this lump of players like between 32 and 58. Right. Yep. We can get six guys right there in that hot spot that just think of where the Chiefs have been picking because they've been so good lately. And look yep. at their offensive line and look at their secondary because they're not pressed to reach for something they can really, really get in there and do a lot of good work in the late second, uh, you know, the late round, the first, second, third, all that. They are great at that stuff. So that's when you get coaches standing on the table for players. Look at the big boards. I said something in our group chat about right tackles. I said, yeah, I'm hearing there's a run. There's going to be a run on right tackles. Now, I said that before Daniel Jeremiah put out his second big board. Mm -hmm. When he put out his second big board before 20th, all of them were gone. Mm. Mims, everybody. Yeah. And I got that from an executive from another team that listens to my podcast. 
He texted me and said, all those right tackles you're talking about, they might not be there at 17 when the Jaguars pick. Just, just heads up. And then Jeremiah comes out the very next week and all the right tackles are gone by 15. And I'm thinking, he, he was right. He's always mm-hmm. right when he texts yep. that stuff. So that's the thing, man. Fall in love with big boards and to know where the talent is going to be. Because even if your team isn't interested, say you're a team picking in the top 10, but you already got a franchise quarterback, you still need to do a big board because somebody wants that guy. Yep. So that, that'll let you know that you can move back. So that's what I do. I'm a big board guy. I'll do a mock draft after free agency. <laughs> Absolutely love it. All right, y'all. We appreciate you very much for being here for another episode of Locked on NFL. That's Tony Wiggins at Shop Talking Wig on your favorite social media. Myself, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola. We'll be back at you on Monday with much, much more. For your second listen today, your favorite NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college team. We got you covered here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Go and check them out. You can also find Tony over on Locked on Jaguars, myself over on Locked on Saints. We appreciate you very much for being here with us and for making us your first listen of the day, being an everydayer here on the show. And we will see you again here soon on the Locked on NFL Podcast, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.